Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit-Led Hope. My name is Glenn Erickson, and in this episode, we are talking about how we all need wisdom. In season one of this podcast, we have spent a lot of time talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this episode, we look at the gift called a message of wisdom or a word of wisdom. We can define wisdom as the correct application of knowledge. In the last episode, we talked about the message of knowledge, where the Holy Spirit supplies information that we could not have known. A message of wisdom, which we're talking about in this episode, is where the Holy Spirit shows us what to do with what we already know. Wisdom is not the same as intelligence. We, we all know people who are highly intelligent that do foolish things. People without wisdom just seem to make everything harder. They have the same facts as everyone else, but somehow when they put them together, the trips to the store take three times longer, and what could be done with one person takes a committee. The thing about wisdom is that we all need it. It's wisdom that helps us navigate life and all the situations we find ourselves in. As Christians, we should be confident that wisdom is available to us. Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. What we see from this verse is that when we revere God and we're in awe of Him, we position ourselves to grow in wisdom. Now, because we all need wisdom to really to live and survive, everyone is born with some God-given innate wisdom. We do see that some people have more, you know, what we might call natural wisdom than others. Some people are just wise. They know what to do with what they know. Often, we find that natural wisdom is focused in specific areas. For example, some people are very wise when it comes to human relationships. Some people have wisdom as leaders. We call them natural-born leaders. Whatever their station in life may be, we find that wise people demonstrate more wisdom and effective action than their peers. But no matter how wise we may be, we never have enough wisdom for every situation. We all need wisdom. One of the exciting things about wisdom is that we can ask for it. James 1 verses 5 through 6 say this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. This verse tells us that if we ask for wisdom with a measure of faith, we will receive it. What it does not tell us is how and when we will receive the wisdom. I find this is one of the hardest parts about asking for wisdom. We do not know when we're going to get it, and it may look different than what we anticipate. I know that if I'm not careful, I frame my request for wisdom in a way where 
I dictate the terms of the answer. For example, I may tell God that I need a yes or no answer on a major purchase, and I need it by today before the sale ends. But praying for wisdom in this way ignores the reality that God's wisdom is beyond mine, and there may be something better he wants for me. So here's my question for you. When you pray for wisdom, how do you hear the answer, and how do you know it's from God? I wish I could hear your answers, because I'm sure there would be some fascinating responses, but I think most people would answer in a few ways. Many would say that Scripture answers many of our requests for wisdom before we even ask. The Proverbs are full of wise sayings about finances and relationships, and often we just need to take the time to let the Holy Spirit emphasize these scriptures. Some people would say that God speaks to them through their own natural wisdom and common sense, and others might say that they have counselors that give them good advice. I know many who say that God speaks to them in dreams or mental pictures, or thoughts. What we find is that the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom in many ways. But how do we know what we heard is from God? Here we find there are three or four very common answers. The first is that the answer lines up with Scripture. That is always a great confirmation. The second is that we experience the peace of God, especially when we ask for wisdom in a situation that has anything but peace, it's the peace of God that brings comfort and reassurance that we have God's wisdom. A third way of knowing we have God's wisdom is when you confide in other believers and they have peace too. So God will often confirm his wisdom through others. And finally, a fourth way is when within your spirit, You know that you know that you have God's wisdom, and that that wisdom did not come from you. Sometimes God gives us an increase in faith to help us receive the wisdom he has for us, and we recognize that wisdom and faith as external to us. In other words, we know that the wisdom and faith did not come from our, you know, from our own thoughts or ideas. All these things we just mentioned are when we ask God for wisdom for ourselves. But now, what about a gift of wisdom for someone else? How do we hear for others, and how do we know that what we hear for them is correct? Well, the mechanism is much the same as receiving wisdom for yourself. First, you may have wisdom to share that comes from your life experience and your natural wisdom, and that's awesome. But if the situation calls for wisdom that's beyond you, then be alert to the Holy Spirit conveying wisdom for another person in the same way he would give you wisdom. You receive it the same way, but it is for someone else you may have verses come to mind, or the Holy Spirit may remind you of a life experience to share. You may have a mental picture or wisdom that enters your mind that you know is not from you. And you determine 
the accuracy of the wisdom just like you would for yourself. Does it align with Scripture? Do you have peace about it? Do others have peace about it? Does your faith grow to support it? All these things will help determine if the word of wisdom you received for someone else is accurate. Once we receive a word of wisdom for someone else, there's a new question. How do we give it to them? If you've been listening to previous episodes, then what I'm going to say will not surprise you at all. We give the word of wisdom in faith, with love, in humility. And personally, I think humility is one of the key aspects of giving a word of wisdom. Think about what's taking place with a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is guiding a person into a set of actions based on existing knowledge. If you believe you have a word of wisdom for someone, you are taking the stance that you know what God wants them to do. And that can be fraught with all sorts of issues if you do not have humility and are not working within a framework of love. It does not take a lot of imagination to imagine uh, what could go wrong. I spent a couple of weeks with an acquaintance who was an active member of a Pentecostal cult. It was a bit scary because I saw firsthand what happens when a leader claims to be a spokesperson for God and then tells others what to do out of selfishness and a desire to be in control. Probably the scariest part to me is that the members of the cult did not practice any of their own internal checks and balances. They just accepted what the leader said is from God and did what they were told to do. Often, when the Holy Spirit uses us to help others, the ones we're helping really are in a very vulnerable position. And if you have any type of authority over the recipient, your words carry extra weight. So in all situations, but especially with those who are vulnerable, we must use great care not to manipulate someone with a word of wisdom. Even if the word of wisdom is absolutely accurate, I believe it's important to give the recipient freedom of choice to accept the word of wisdom or to reject it. Now, fortunately, it's easy to demonstrate your love for someone when giving a word of wisdom. Ultimately, we want everyone to hear God for themselves. When we speak the word of wisdom, we can point the person to God. For example, if God gives me a word of wisdom for someone, something they are supposed to do, I'm not necessarily shy about saying whether I believe I heard from God. However, what I will tell the person is that it's important that they seek God on their own to either confirm or reject what I just said. So in that process, if they do that, they will draw closer to God. One very simple way to give people freedom of choice with the word of wisdom is to 
say to them, have you ever considered doing so-and-so? Where the so-and-so is the word of wisdom you receive for them. And then you follow up by saying, why don't you pray about that? What this does is it gives the person the word of wisdom and the freedom to accept it or reject it, and at the same time, points them to God. We are responsible for giving a word of wisdom in love, but the one receiving the word of wisdom does have a responsibility to seek God on their own and to be accountable for their own actions. Our goal is not to be a cult leader. We are not to demand obedience. I try to lovingly make sure that people understand they have choices to make. Sometimes when we are ministering to others, we are given a word of wisdom on how to help that person. So for example, if I know that a person is in danger of being hurt by their spouse, God may show me actions I can take that will protect that person. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell me the questions to ask a person that will help them evaluate their situation and allow them to hear God for themselves. When we hear a word of wisdom on something that we are supposed to do in a ministry situation, our actions, again, must be done by faith, in love, with humility. Words of wisdom that show us actions to take, and these are in response to what we know, they can sometimes seem a little odd. Now, if you've been around Pentecostal circles for any significant time, you may have witnessed all sorts of things. You may have seen people waving flags or marching around a room seven times, blowing horns. Marching around a place is based on a word of wisdom given to the Israelites on how to conquer Jericho. So God showed them what to do based on what they knew and what they had. I have seen God do some amazing things out of obedience to words of wisdom like this. However, I do think we should use caution about turning biblical events like Jericho into formulas. The key is to wisely evaluate words of wisdom like this with humility and always act in love. When we start doing things from formulas without continually listening to the Holy Spirit, that's when things can start getting a bit weird. I want to step back now and look at the bigger picture. God has told us the value of wisdom. It's something that we are supposed to seek. It's something we are to cherish and value. And not only that, but God has told us that we can ask him for it. I find great inspiration by the way James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So think of that, any of you. James does not say that for us to receive wisdom, we need to have our lives all together. We do not need to be perfect to receive God's wisdom. The only requirement is that we approach God and ask for wisdom with a measure of faith. Now, if you worry that you cannot ask for wisdom with enough faith, then you are in the right place because you have humility. It's the person 
that thumps their chest and thinks they're worthy of everything God has for them, that's the person that has a hard time receiving God's wisdom. The humble come to God knowing that they need his wisdom. God will not turn aside from that person. You ask with the faith that you have and let the Holy Spirit grow more faith within you. Now, when you ask for wisdom, do your best to try and not put God in a box where you are looking for a specific answer. God's creativity in giving us wisdom is incredible. He gives us wisdom in so many ways. I believe that one of our greatest hopes in this life is that God will share his wisdom with us. God is generous, and he will give wisdom liberally as we ask for it. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom, and he lives within you. As a boy, I was taught Luke 2.52, which says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. What I appreciate is that as we allow the Holy Spirit to grow the fruit of the Spirit within us, we become more like Jesus. And part of becoming more like Jesus is that we grow in a desire to have God's wisdom. What we find is that as we act in humility and love and serve others as the ambassador of Jesus— we automatically find that our wisdom expands. The Holy Spirit helps us know what to do with what we know. If you are one of those people that feels like you got shortchanged on natural wisdom, do not give up. Keep growing in the fruit of the Spirit, and your wisdom will grow as you mature in Christ. In this episode, we looked at receiving wisdom for ourselves and for others. We all have the hope that God will give us the wisdom we need as we ask for it. If God gives us wisdom for others, then we will give it in faith, with love, and with humility. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or want to share part of your story, please email me at glenn with two n's at spiritledhope.com or simply use the contact form at spiritledhope.com. That's spiritledhope.com. In our next episode, we will start looking at the gifts of healing. As we end this episode, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until next episode, grow in wisdom and take care.